Hi, my name is Moshe Kindler, and I'm the publisher of The Jewish Link. Hi, this is Elizabeth Kratz. I'm editor of The Jewish Link. And you're on The Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. Moshe, I know we have a very cool speaker today, and I know both of us have known him for many years. I didn't realize that we'd known him for 10 years as the head of a local community institution, but why don't you introduce our speaker today? Yes, I'm very happy to do so. We have with us, actually I've known Rabbi, Rabbi Aryeh Steckler for longer than 10 years. Uh, we may actually begin to debate how long we've actually known each other for, so I'm going to turn it to Rabbi Steckler, uh, Rabbi Aryeh Steckler, who is, give us your full title, Rabbi Steckler. Uh, Rosh Hashiva and Dean of Hechel Torah, Teaneck, New Jersey. So, uh, Rabbi Steckler, I've known you for longer than 10 years. Uh, I'm trying to think how long we've known each other. I've known your father for at least 20. Uh, I must have met you at some point in the last quarter century, as, cra- <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. Definitely well before Heichal. Um, I don't know if we like to discuss age on camera. I think I'm a little bit older than you. Um, so, But I, I, I think we were in Smicha probably within three to five years after me, for sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, I graduated Smicha around uh, 2003. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm yeah. about three years out of yeah. before he's out of here. Okay. And Rabbi Steckler, did you grow up locally? Yeah, I grew up here in uh, 1981. Here in Teaneck, by the way. Here in Teaneck, New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> we moved here in 1981 when I was uh, three years old. Talking, You can figure out the math, I guess. Um, and we moved to Warwick. Mm-hmm. Um, in fourth grade, my father told us, you know, that we'd be moving one block to Winthrop, and but uh, we could not have a basketball court there because it would kill the property values. And I had one on Warwick, so I said, "There's no way I'm moving to uh, to Winthrop." But you know, they they pulled me over, and uh, that's it. That's basically fourth lived here grade. all my life. So you grew. So your, the story of your life, essentially, in a nutshell, is you grew up. Without a basketball court. And are you still mad yeah. about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I feel like even though I grew up on Winthrop, I was deprived as a child. Winthrop is, as for people <laughs> who don't know, is one of the broadest and the nicest streets in Teaneck in terms of the size of the plots, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they like they have a little little broader street. If you have to a walk. basketball court, it's a nice place to live. <sighs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you're still mad. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I'm going to call you Rabbi, even yeah, though I used to ahead. call you Arya, but I think I, I think I stopped calling you Arya about five to ten years ago, and that was when I knew that Heichal was going to be a success. Um, I also want to tell you that one of the things, one of the times I knew that Heichal was going to be a success, and you're going to laugh, is when I walked into my local 7-Eleven on Cedar Lane, <laughs> and I saw that more than half of the products there are now Pashkas and kosher. And I said to like myself, yeah. I know if, if you're able, if, if yeah. she was able to completely affect this store, this 7-Eleven, where okay. I go every Friday with my son. I said I knew Heichal was going to be a success. I'm sure no one's ever yeah, told me. Even you. the yeah. Slurpees are marked well, which ones are my, kosher. My goal for the next 10 years, for our second decade, is that we get Chant in there for Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> <That is laughs> nice. By the way, I want to tell you, I've, I've asked them, why don't you have kosher hot dogs? Yeah. It's, it's coming. And I'm, I'm saying, I'm sure your Heichal, yeah. Heichal oh. boys and staff will uh, will push it. Yeah. So. So, so I think this is great because initially when we conceived of our podcast, which is called the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting, we sort of said let's invite people who think we think might have a pitch something interesting to say and or whether we know they have something coming up at the pike or not but really a couple of days ago we got a call from um office and they said guess what 
uh, Heichal is having its 10th anniversary, just like the Jewish Link did yeah. uh, a couple of months ago. And we're like, hey, let's get Rabbi Steckler to pitch like what's been going on with you the last 10 right. years and what should we write about and even as you're going to tell me this I'm going to write the story because I already essentially agreed to the idea because <laughs> it's a great idea well Elizabeth I, yeah. I think you also wrote I think when Hechel found was founded I think you interviewed her by Steckler the first year or so. I think so yeah I definitely have been involved I've been involved with a few stories that yep. we've that uh, like about as as Hechel has you know, first had this establishment meeting or two. Uh, I know that the the Wharton files and a few other families I know in the, in my neighborhood of Bergenfield were involved initially with parlor meetings. And then I think as you bought the building, when the huge, I mean, I saw on the, um, in your, I think you have a piece of artwork that says there, which year that was, mm -hmm. maybe the third or fourth year? 2016, yeah. Okay, so it was, it was in the middle of the la these last 10 years yeah. when the Jewish Center of Teaneck became the, home of Heichal HaTorah, that was, that's, I mean, yeah. that's permanence, that's when you build your edifice, when you right. start to build your Bayat Nemon, you know? Yeah. So, um, and also I've been to Heichal to speak to the boys as well for that's Names right. Not Numbers, a couple that. of times I think. I don't know if you're still doing Names Not Numbers or if you've switched out, sometimes sometimes they do it some yeah. years and not, but um, they're just always really alert boys and like, you know, interested in the world around them and also there's they're all they're unique they're not all the same like we don't have like you know what looks like a hayhaw boy versus what looks like i don't know a boy from another institution i think yeah. that they're celebrating yeah i think what categorizes a hayhaw uh, talmud is really good midos mm -hmm. i mean that's what we're we look for in the elementary school boys um and someone who wants to grow because it is a challenging place and it, it expects the kids to put the effort in. They're going to have a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, kids with come from homes where they teach good character and, uh, and a passion for growth. That's really what a Heichal guy is. What they look like, what they dress like, all those external things. We love old Jews, you know. Right. And you yeah. also are drawing now not only from the Teaneck Englewood Bergenfield community, but also Passaic, I understand? Passaic's our number two uh, feeder oh. community. Okay. Uh, YBH is a really growing, exciting uh, school in Passaic, and uh, we're the number one high school uh, for, for that elementary school. Isn't that nice to say, by the way, that you're the number yeah. one feeder, the one school that for, for a, a recognized yeshiva, yeah. elementary middle school? You couldn't say that uh, yeah. seven years ago, I six think years even ago. In, even in Teaneck, uh, where we started, and our, our foundation, um, we never thought we'd be number one in YNJ, which we are currently in YNJ. Wow. So uh, I think just the fact that in those two schools, you know, kids know that Heichal is going to, most of the kids are going to go to Heichal. I think that's that's really a huge accomplishment of our 10 years. Uh, and in the beginning, it was, it was definitely hard to convince people, both the parents and the kids, that uh, Heichal was the right place for them. And uh, now I feel now I feel bad, but we're just turning away a lot of kids because we want to keep the yeshiva small. We have 220 guys next year. We, we're afraid that if we, you know, grow larger, we won't be able to have that same beautiful connection with each Talmud. Um, so now now we have the difficult challenge of turning away kids. 
So getting getting back to, we'll talk about the, ch- the current challenges and the future yeah. challenges, but uh, I was aware that it was your 10th anniversary before. We actually discussed it. Um, I don't know what was in the water in 2013 when we started, <laughs> but definitely something was, was going on in the community. I don't yeah. know what it was. So the truth is what I'm going to do is, is uh, Elizabeth, it's okay with you, is, is take us back yeah. to those those years before. Sure. I, I just like hearing stories of, I always looked at you as a kind of a, a nonprofit entrepreneur in many ways. It's a, a yeshiva entrepreneur. Um, yeah. You're always interested in looking, and I see it even in how you run the yeshiva. I see it in the way Heichal, um, you know, deals with the Jewish link and also just promotes itself. You're, well, uh, I want to give my, I want to give some credit to, to my parents, uh, Yossi Steckler and Gail Licht, uh, who are both being recognized um, who are chronicling a video about the history of Heichal at this, at, on, at this dinner. Um, I always say like I have two parts of my brain, the, the, the Steckler part, which is, you know, the business part and, um, and the Licht part, which is, uh, my grandfather was a, uh, high school principal and Rebbe and both my uncles, uh, my mom's brothers have been, um, uh, and principals in high schools, uh, for many years. So I really look at, you know, the two sides of my brain that way. And like you said, I try to, um, focus on the business of inspiring kids. Um, I think that in, in business, you there's a, there's a sense of um, what can we do better and how can we grow. Um, a yeshiva, some, some, not every, most yeshivas, you know, have learned that already. And I think Heichal believes in that, that it's always about how can we help our customer. Our customer is the Talmud. We want to give him the best chinuch, that we can, what can we do best for him, how can we improve, how can we make it better, and how can we impact more people. Um, so that's, that's what I mean by the business of Chinuch. The customers yeah. also the parents as well? Yeah, uh, I, I would say they're even more than, than the customer because they're the partners in your, in your business. Um, they're the investors and um, they have to be on board um, and it's really a partnership relationship where we, Heichal is not exactly the way I would want to be uh, a if I was just doing it myself. Um, we work with the parents, figure out the vision that they have for the children, figure out our vision, figure out what we share in common, and move, you know, to make it best for our Talmudim. I hear that. Um, I actually never heard that term. I never heard the idea of parents. I mean, I've listened to a lot of yeshiva yeah. school spe- uh, speeches. I never heard the term as parents. I've heard the parents as partners, for sure. I never heard the term parents as investors. Interesting. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Take us back. Um, Ten years ago, 15 years ago. No, I mean, maybe right, so you I already started where you grew, where you grew up with this. I, wanna, I, I think I. it's 10 years. I want to hear. First, like, I'm sure that the Heichal today is not... The Heichal you maybe necessarily envisioned in 2012, 2013. Right. Uh, but maybe it is. Uh, yeah. How did this nugget of the idea, right. how did the name get chosen, so and who I, were the I people? I grew up in Teaneck, lived here my whole life. Um, after I got married and uh, was in Smicha, um, my wife and I decided to go into the Rabanas together. Um, I was in Englewood, New Jersey, and I was in Linden, New Jersey. Um, at at the same time as uh, I was in Linden, I began teaching in Ramaz in the city. It was a great train from Linden to the uh, to the city. Um, and after a few years in Linden, uh, it wasn't work. It wasn't working so well for my family there. There were a lot of young families moving in, but they were uh, much younger than us old folks. So we moved back here to Teaneck to uh, our home where we where we grew up. 
And the first thing I noticed was that the high school boys in the community, the expectations for them in terms of their avodah uh, sashem, their connection to Akadosh Baruch Hu during high school, and their the level of their learning, um, I thought was much lower than it needed to be. I thought if you if you presented kids with uh, a yeshiva environment with high level learning, also of course with general studies, but did it in a fun way where they could enjoy every day they would accomplish much more than was currently being accomplished. Uh, I spoke about it with a lot of the parents in the community. There was a lot of buy-in, and they, some of my friends, Rabbi Josh Blass, uh, mentioned to me that he thought that in Muncie this would be uh, very well received, um, and the same thing with uh, Passaic. So we had parlor meetings in both of those communities at that time, and really uh, – the, all three communities were were really excited about the idea. Now, the difference about being excited and committing your son to the first year of yeshiva or the second year was a really big jump. Uh, so those first two years, I think, were really hard to get parents to, um, to buy in. But after th- those first two years, seeing what the Talmudim were accomplishing, what they look like, like you said, just great kids, um, I think that that's after those first few years, the community really started to to buy in. And if I recall correctly, some of your initial partners, investors, parents were f- mostly from the TNF Bergenfield community. I think. Yeah, uh, Yehudi and Yal Jacobi, uh, Avi and Denira Goldenberg from, uh, and as you mentioned before, Anne and Rachel Wartenthal, um, the Tarziks, uh, the Gopins. Uh, and they were, Rabbi Blass and Muncie, these these were the families that really jumped on board uh, from the very beginning. The Galonis and and Passaic, uh, there are a lot of a lot of families who got got involved I right, think you right had away. A, you had a Katz family, for, Jessica Katz's son yep. from Passaic. Ari and Jessica Katz, they yeah. they they sent Shimmy in his second year. He hasn't left, and he hasn't he never left, left yet. Right? He's our CEO Still, right now. You wow. Know. He really likes running, it. Running, running the yeshiva and running other organizations also Amazing. at the same time, saving lives. Was there a moment that that just clicked, you know, that you yeah. just knew that Heicha was going to, that Heicha, it, it, maybe it was, it was going to happen before it started, that it was just, it was going to happen? Was it, you know, was it the first day? Was it the first parent meeting? Was it the first? Uh... I think some of those first part of the meetings were exciting. Um but I really didn't believe it was going to happen. I think at our first open house, uh, we had so many people and there was such a palpable excitement. Uh, I think that's when I really knew that we were going to get the kids and it was it was going to start. Um, in terms of your question before, is a really good question, is, is the Heichal now, the vision that we had originally, um, our vision significantly changed. Um, in the beginning, we thought these high level of expectations and learning, and you're going to throw on the general studies also, it would really be Shiva. The goal was for 80 students, 20 per grade, really sort of an elite yeshiva for, you know, students who are really academically minded and gifted. And um, sort of by accident, uh, students who were, who were not really your typical student came to the yeshiva, and they did phenomenally well also. And we st- we you know, we learned that there was a place for any child in this type of yeshiva environment. And that's really been a major shift for us over the last uh, seven, eight years, opening up four tracks and being able to accommodate almost every level of learning within Heicha. And that's how we were able to grow 
from you know our original plan of 80 to now 220. Really, just 80, wow. 20 a grade. That was the original vision. That was vision. the original vision. Wow. Yeah. But how could you even how could you even function with only just 80? So. Uh, well, that's that's the Haredi model. The Haredi model is instead of having mega high schools, have little tiny high schools that cater to one individual type of student. So we wanted to sort of bring that concept to this community, um, but really, I, I don't believe in the model anymore. I think that um, the way we're doing it now in Heichal, I think, and, and a lot of other yeshivas in the community, where you create an environment and then you try to enable all learners to be there, I think it's, I think it's a beautiful way to do things. So you're going to take like the, what I call the Tells Riverdale model, in a sense, which yeah. is a school for the elite in the yeshiva world. I have many cousins who went there. Yeah. Uh, and kind of transplanted into into our world, I guess. In a sense. Yeah, so. but but I think in the in today's day school environment, which is where you're feeding from, mm-hmm. you know, with the with many of them being the modern Orthodox day schools, like the Bergen County ones, right. there there is this acknowledgement now that there are multiple different types of learners that can be reached in multiple ways. Yeah, and with four tracks, it sounds like you even have. Even is it possible you have a machina type track? Or yeah, I, I think the difference is that, it, in, like you're saying correctly, in education, that one of the reasons we thought we had to take the gifted students out is because in a regular school environment, they're teaching to the middle, and the mm-hmm. gifted students are not achieving what they could. Right. But now that education has advanced in the sense that educators know they have to differentiate that you know different tracks have to be taught differently with different expectations in different ways so now with that model you can have in the same environment different kids and they can all feel great about who they are Um, the kids who are in the more academically minded they feel like the heroes of Eichal because we're not only recognizing the popular kids, the sporty kids, where if you're a base measures kid, you're also one of the greatest kids. And, and, and if you're not, and if you're right now, you're struggling through the learning, you're doing your best, but you're excelling in chesed or on the chess club, so you're also one of the heroes in Hecha. So that type of environment, I think really, it's a beautiful thing. Was it, was it easy to, to get to that point? Did you feel like you kind of were pushed into into those kind, that kind of pivot, that kind of shift? It, to, how, how hard was it to, yeah, that's a big change. I th- it was an easy change once you saw how well the kids did. So you had a kid who uh, wasn't academically minded, but he got into the learning. He did what he could. He really excelled. He had other areas, other clubs, other things that he, when you saw how, you know, what Hegel meant to that boy, it was obvious that we needed to make this shift. We had to hire different types of teachers with different skills and different goals um, and and integrate those teachers with the original Rebbeim and the original uh, teachers. And that was not easy because they were had different goals in mind. But now, and at one point, you know, in our third year, people said, oh, you have two yeshivas now going on here. But now, uh, really, everybody's on the same team, we're working together, and everybody grows, you know, from the interaction with each other, and everybody benefits from the the special environment at Heichal. So it, it was not easy, but it it's really working how, well. How important? How impo- first of all, I'm I'm a, I'm a proud uh, Heichal uncle, as you may know. <laughs> uh, I know I actually Elizabeth, I know firsthand uh, of what of what Rabbi Stecklu speaks. It's many conversations with my nephew, who's now. I think just went to yeshiva in uh, Washington. I think Greater Washington yes. on Tuesday, um, and um, but the, the question I was going to ask is how important was your location? How how important was 
the Tannic Jewish Center where you're located is a yeah. unique kind of space. Um, I just have to do an aside that it's also it's also the source of one of the the Tannic Jewish yeah. Center is actually. Um, <laughs> special place. I'll just has a special place in the yeah. Jewish link history, and I'll just share it with you, which I think I may have told you in the past. Um, when there was when Hecha was about to buy it, there was also yeah, there was another bitter holy name. Okay. Yes. And yeah. uh, we published a, pa- a Purim edition, which which oh uh, God. And on the cover of the Purim edition, we said that holy name was going to open a Lakewood Kolo <laughs> at, at the Tina Jewish Center. Well, they did uh, not like that. I got a call <laughs> from the CEO of Holy Name. Saying, are you making fun of Holy Name? Now, Holy Name is a big institution. All right. And all of a sudden, I'm like, God forbid, of course not. This is like it's Purim. It's April Fool's. <laughs> and they thought that it was a, oh uh, a real Purim satire. They didn't understand satire. Right. And I apologized to them. And the lesson I learned yeah. uh, from that is that humor in the in the from an orthodox and non-orthodox community is really challenging and so. <laughs> fun fact yeah. yeah that's the reason why our perm spiel edition does not go online ever we never not a see you'll never find it online yeah and uh but uh, we were happy that uh that heichal won but just just uh, yeah. you know took it over he- heichal saved that property really it was it was sort of like a it, it was it had been the a jewish center that had gone through multiple iterations since yeah. the 60s and you really brought it back to the center of yeah the I, I would say there are two separate miracles that happened in our in our process Wait, of, miracles yeah Ooh, literally like miracles miracles like, two miracles firstly um it's very hard to start a, a high school because the needs physically of the property are very demanding so um, you're, if you're a tiny high school, let's say you have 20 students in your opening class, that would be amazing. How can you find a place that has uh, classrooms, base medrash, lunchroom? Um, the, those might be easy. Now you're talking lab, gym. Right. Very, very hard to find a place that swimming has pool? that. Swimming pool? Yeah. <laughs> swimming pool you probably don't have on your list of ne- necessities. <laughs> but why not? So when we, when we went there... Uh, to see the the space, um, the fact that the there had been a high school that had been there but had closed a few years before us, and the layout was perfect for high school, that was I would say miracle number one. So we were able to find the rental in year one that had everything of a full built out high school. So you you started renting. We started center. renting, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and okay. I, I, I told the Jewish Center leadership what we could afford to pay, mm-hmm. and they said they'd be happy to rent us one room, oh. you know, for that price. But we worked together, and <laughs> and, and we, we, we got all those necessary spaces for the times that we, we needed, and that was miracle number one. Miracle number two was they came to us in uh, year two of the yeshiva. That was when we had 33 students, and they said, we just want to let you know that we're probably selling the property to Holy Name Hospital, which will probably mean the closing of, of your yeshiva. Um, but we are open to hearing proposals from Jewish institutions because um, we are a Jewish institution and we want to continue having the synagogue here. And, uh, you know, we don't know what would be the future of the synagogue should it be owned by, you know, a, a diff- non-Jewish entity. So I, I remember yeah. th- when that happened, but I don't remember how you guys prevailed. Right. So at that time, 
basically Chabad of Tinek made a proposal and we made a proposal. Um, and uh, they were both excellent proposals. Uh, Chabad was going to turn it into a Chabad house and invest a tr- tremendous amount of money into upgrading the building. Um, we had the proposal of we would buy the building from them um, you know, for, for, for a discounted price. And in return, they would be able to use the building as their shul uh, on Shabbos and whatever needs they had during the week. Um, so they could exist as they were currently existing, and we would just own the building. Um, and it was a great partnership because they got to continue their shul and the legacy of the Jewish Center of Teaneck exactly the way they had before. And we were able to secure our location for then and, and for the future. Uh, so it was really a beautiful partnership. That being said, it came to a vote of the, of the board, and we won 15 to 14. Ooh, against the uh, Chabad. So the fact that they did not sell to Holy Name um, and that they chose us uh, to to be the, you know, the guardians of the building, to own it, uh, that's a real miracle, wow. you know. Uh, by the smallest by of margins. One vote. Wow. By one, one person, vote. One yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I forgot that. I did. Yeah. I recall that, but I, I remember that. Yeah. Wow. And while Chabad is an inspiring and amazing organization yeah. uh, in its own right and in Teaneck as well, uh, they, if the history of Teaneck Chabad and even probably Hackensack Chabad would have changed uh, at, if, this, if the focus had shifted to, yeah, I think toward the main, a more the central main, Teaneck. The main thing is that, uh, that there would have been no Jewish center of Teaneck yes. anymore. Right. And, 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 and no fault about Chabad, but they would have made a Chabad. Chabad right. and, and this allowed for Heichal Torah and the Jewish Center to continue to exist. In terms of the location, I don't think people appreciate how well located Jewishly Teaneck is. Uh, and I didn't appreciate it, even though I grew up here. But the fact that you're within 30 minutes of Passaic and Muncie, and you're in the center, it's just a very, very special Location, so we and our businesses and the Jewish Lincoln can benefit from the fact that not only do you have the Tina community, but it's very convenient for Passaic and Muncie to get here. Passaic to Muncie—that's a long drive. Muncie to Passaic—that's a long drive. But every, you know, all of our families mm. are coalescing in Teaneck, and it brings together a great school community. And does your teaching staff also draw from these different communities as well? Yeah, we have. Uh, we have teachers and administrators who live here in Teaneck uh, and Rabaim. We have a lot of them in Passaic and some in Muncie as well. So okay. that's really nice for the boys. We have programming on Shabbos in the in the communities because oh, they're Rabaim live there. Right. Yeah. No, that, that I'm aware of. Um, we know, of course, we have a columnist, uh, a beloved columnist in our paper who teaches at the high school, um, David Rohr. Mm-hmm teaches history and I think also you on the secular academic side you have been running a TIKVA program for a few years the classics program Um, do do we have time to talk give us a two minute sure about that I think it's just because I think it's interesting yeah so uh, David has been a really important piece for us and he's one of the heroes that were uh, is part of our video at the dinner we're recognizing um, he has a special way of teaching every single student. So he can give a regular grade level class and the kids love him. And he can also be the director of the TIGFA program at Eichal, teaching the most advanced students. Mm-hmm. Uh, highlight some of the things that we spoke about before. 
the Tikva program, um, you know, I said before that I have two parts of my brain, the Stekla part and the Lich part, so I would say that one of my uh, personal greatest moments in Heichal's history was that Heichal got recognized by the Wall Street Journal. So I'm not the business person in the family, but, you know, Heichal... <laughs> So I got in first there. Uh, so just that's a shout out to the, the brothers and the and the brothers-in-law and the family. But uh, anyway, so the Wall Street Journal recognized our partnership with with Tikva and the creative curriculum that we worked together to to form. Uh, it's basically a lot of English literature uh, is taught um, with a lot of newer works. So you could go through. Uh, your history, you, you could go through your four years of high school, you might read Shakespeare, um, but most of the works that you would read in the average high school now in America are not what we would consider the 100 greatest works of all time. Right. So instead right. of focusing on like a nice cute novel that the teacher you know, fell in love with 30 years ago, what, what Tikva did was try to uh, highlight over the course of the history of the world, what are the most 100 most important works? And as the students learn history, in a joint history and literature class, double period, they read the greatest works of all time, and they write about those. Um, so I think that this classics approach to, uh, to history is, is really exciting for the kids, and what it does is, is that when they leave high school, they are just much more sophisticated kids. The way they talk, the, the ideas that they think about, they're not just thinking about a random uh, novel that was written about like one cute little incident that happened in you know, uh, 2011. They, they really know the history of the world and they think about some of the great works. So I think, I think it's a really special program. And it pi Tikva piloted it at Heichal mm -hmm. and developed it with us. And now it's starting to be in other schools throughout the Jewish community. Another piece is that they, when they teach history and they teach these classic works, they're thinking about how did the Jewish people impact right. history, how did they impact these works. A lot of the works are written by Jewish people. And also, they're carefully assessing which of these ideas work with you know, Yiddishkeit, which do not, uh, which I think is you know, very important for our community. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Let's and unique yeah. within within the high yeah. school uh, community. What I like about it is, that in, this, in a sense, you're also saying. Um, I, I think a program like this appeals to the, some of the more motivated kids, the yeah. stronger kids. You know, in a sense, that original vision of yours is still present yeah. in, in a in a tikva. So it's meaning you. Right. So I, I, I'm just it, when I heard about tikva, I thought of you know why is you know Hekel wouldn't seem to be the natural partner for tikva, but right. when you start talking about you know what the original vision for Hekel yeah. was, is that then I got it. You know anything that will enhance and challenge the students and at any level for any of the different tracks, we want to be involved in, and that's what I said to tikva. I'm willing to partner with you if you tell me that the kids will be better educated because of your curriculum by the time they leave here, then, then you're a good partner for us. Okay. And then let's talk just a, let's give a little attention to Lamude Kodesh yeah. as well. And since you taught at Ramaz, I assume you were a 
Were you a Gemara Rebbe? Yeah, what I was a Gemara, I was what a Gemara grade Rebbe. Well, look, you, you, brother, you miss yeah. you miss you the days of the class and also the rabbinate. Do you miss? The, do you yeah. miss? I always like to ask like, former rabbis what they miss about Rabbanus and what they miss about being in the classroom. Yeah, and I think you might still be in the classroom. Do you teach a class? Maybe you teach a class. I don't right now. I do. I do miss the classroom. Um, I do miss being a teacher. Uh, it's, I do not recommend being an administrator if you weren't previously a teacher because you mm. can't really empathize with the teachers and what they're going through and how challenging of a job it is. Uh, so I think that my years at Ramaz really helped me understand what it means to be a teacher. Um, I was also served there on the faculty council. They have, they have close to 300 employees and uh, they have a union and I was a union rep. Wow. One of them. So that really helped me understand what goes on behind the scenes you know, when people needed to be let go, I was in the room. Oh, wow. uh, different, different things. That's I, really yeah. That was trenches. great. That was that's great since, experience for me. And I, and I always tell Armaz that I, I owe them a lot for that experience. Fun fact, and, Moshe, that nobody. I don't think it. No, I've never, never told this to anybody on the podcast or to you. My father, my grandfather, was the union rep on the Manhattan Project. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a that's union rep cool. on a project he couldn't talk about. Beautiful. Correct. Okay. Uh, that's cool. And so I understood yeah. this is a person who is a people person and someone who can has to be present for very difficult conversations, yeah. but also can be seen as a partner of both sides, both entities that can be, I mean, yeah. in... in we uh, had to negotiate uh, the health care plan mm. for the, for 300 people, and we had to understand why why can't the school contribute, you know? So we said, we want to see the budget. You're telling us you don't have money, so they showed us the budget. So we, we I learned a lot from, from that experience. Going back to the rabbinate, um, I don't miss the rabbinate as, as much as you'd think, because for me, the greatest thing about the rabbinate was really helping people. You're, you're there for them at very tough times in their life. You're there for them at exciting times. That's what I loved about the uh, about the rabbinate. And, uh, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, through my years at Hecha, their kids have been through very difficult things. Um, and we, as a team, have been there for them. We've, they've also had great moments, and we've been there. For, so I feel like the... Um, I don't miss the rabbinate that much. I do owe a lot to the rabbinate because, and I tell my father tells people he he went to law school and then he moved to the investment field. He always says, "Go to law school, but don't be a lawyer because you mm. learn in law school uh, how to think, how to write." So I say the same thing about the rabbinate. I, I'm not sure that you know, it takes a super person to be able to be in the rabbinate as a career because it's so demanding and emotionally and physically. But I always tell people, I think you should be a rabbi for a few years because you learn a tremendous amount about life very quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, in one day I could be at a bris, I could be, you know, uh, a funeral in the hospital with somebody, have a wedding that night. Um, you learn a lot about life really quickly, so I think the rabbi had helped me grow up a lot. And the head of school role is less stressful like to, <laughs> like to me i'm like yeah. these are also like kids head of schools in my know. mind is yeah it's even harder than than uh than the rabbinate in some ways um i explained that you know in the rabbinus i get complaints you know why do we have this toilet paper in the shul this is ridiculous you know um 
And I would, and that's when people you get those complaints today. That's when people are paying a thousand dollars for their membership. Imagine if they're paying twenty thousand, thirty thousand. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't necessarily recommend head of school as a profession either. I think it's something you have to you have to really believe in. You have to have a dream. You have to be uh, have a great partner at home like I have, Danya. Um, so again, I don't think it's a great recommendation for a career if if people feel it inside they're going to be heads of school if they don't you know it's not it's not a career aspiration Good answer. yeah yeah well i wish you a lot of physic for the next 20 years so let's focus on time for now yeah. can, but can we talk about what your crazy dreams are i know as we sort of hit the hit the 45 minute mark of our of our podcast we want to we want to talk about your dreams. We want to do a wild card question like, say something crazy, say yeah. some something you'd really like. You've already been in the Wall Street Journal, so like that's like, <laughs> what else is there kind of. But is there? Right. Is there something else? Uh, for the next 10 years, um, I think that... Well, I'll talk about the Jewish link for a second. I got to give you guys some props, oh, you know. Okay. Thank you. So, uh, we appreciate it. We'll take yeah, it. Though. Look, I think something I like about the Jewish link is that, you know, 99% of uh, Shomer Shabbat homes in in uh, in Bergen County and even just Jewish homes, when when Shabbos comes, everyone's opening up the link, you know. And I think that is a beautiful thing. And for you to be 10 years in, and that's what that's how everyone is experiencing their Shabbos. I think that's special. Um, so I think that the the general, you know, dream for Hechala Torah is that it is the center of Torah for the community, that it you know, supports the shuls and the uh, schools, and, and it, it becomes a center of Torah. Um, we started with a high school. Um, we, we ran for three years a post-Israel uh, program, um, which is, is on hiatus right now. Um, but there are so many different programs that uh, and so many different ideas that we have that we could build in terms of transforming Heichal from just the high school, which it's a lot, uh, to impacting the you know every every single member of Northern New Jersey and Rockland County, their Judaism. Uh, that's really our our long term goal for the next ten years. How how we get there exactly, which programs we do and which we don't do. That's uh, you know we need some guidance from uh, our. Our investors and and uh, Hashem on that, but that's that's the the ten year goal. Okay, great. And how will you be uh, celebrating the tenth anniversary? Yeah, for our tenth year, uh, we are we have uh, rented out the Dream Live Space at American Dream. Oh, yes, that's it's exciting. It's, it's in this week's paper. It's a beautiful, okay, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, we're going to be uh, showing a video about the history of Heichal, uh, narrated by ten of our of our heroes, um, and um, after that we're going. It's going to be Lagba Omer night, so we're going to be having a Baruch Levine Kumzitz and concert with our guys. Um, so it should be an amazing event. You've done that before. I mean, you've never, you're not American Dream, but you Heichal's always Lagba done a Lagba Omer concert, I think, or uh, with a bonfire, if I'm not mistaken. Lagba Omer, we, we, we haven't done yet, but we've done Purim, we've done Simcha Space Shueva. We, we really want to add this to our repertoire of community events. Um, it's, uh, it's a fundraiser. This is our biggest fundraiser of the year. We give out a million dollars in scholarships, so we... Uh, through this event, we would like to uh, 
pay the bills and make sure that every student can uh, come to Eichel regardless of need, which we've never turned away in 10 years anybody based on that. Um, so the way we're going to raise a million dollars is by an online campaign, May 3rd through May 8th, mm-hmm. um, at www.heichal10.org. I'll say that again. Mm-hmm. www.heichal10.org, either the number 10 or the letter 10, whichever you'd like. Um, you can go to both of those. Um, you RSVP for the dinner concert there. And um, we need everyone to contribute, you know. Eighteen dollars, hundred eighty dollars, eighteen thousand, all gets us to the million. And you're no, you're no stranger to yeah. the online fundraising campaign. You've been doing this for a few years, I yeah. think, successfully. Yeah, thank God, we have raised over a million dollars in each of our previous two uh, online campaigns. I would really uh, want to thank Susie Littman, who's our campaign manager for both of those campaigns, and she's doing it once again. Um, it really is about involving every one of our investors, parents. Everyone in our community, the teachers, the Rebbeim. You have alumni now also. Alumni. Um, everyone gets involved and reaches out to their family and friends and asking for donations. And it's not just about R.A. Steckler raising the funds. It's about the whole Heichal community raising the funds. And together, you're stronger than just one individual. So I, I love these campaigns. My goal, the goal should be that you raise double or more for, for 10th anniversary or obviously... Uh, Ten million, I guess, for ten. <laughs> for uh, for ten, uh, and uh, I think it's great. I think just tell us a little bit. I know you have a bunch of heroes so as yeah. part of the show, as part of the the, the program. What part of the, yeah. Tell us about these heroes or the plan for the heroes. Uh, I mentioned my parents. Um, we are Arye and Ariel Scheinbein, our current president, uh, who was previously the head of the finance committee, has played a key role in the last five years uh, in getting Hechal to where it is financially. Um, Rabbi Parnas, our Hayashir Rebbe, um, has really raised the level of learning at Hechal. Uh, Rabbi Schwechter, our Mashkiach, um, connecting with all types of boys at Hechal, uh, has was one of the people who enabled us to expand to different different type of kids. Um, Avi Epstein, our director of admissions and director of student life has been, played a significant role in the, the growth of Hecha. We mentioned Shimmy Katz, our COO before. Um, we mentioned uh, David David Rohr uh, before. Um, also Shmuel Kaplan, another alumnus who's our current Hecha basketball coach. Uh, it's been great to see how he's uh, developed as a you know nice young man and graduating college now and and uh, leading the boys on the court. Hey, uh, by the way, I hear the, I hear the Heichal team is really good. It's been yeah. good for the last few years. Yeah, thank God. We won a lot of uh, championships, and the kids have fun. Uh, it's a, it's amazing to see what they what they do on the court. Um, so the really the goal of the Heichal heroes is for me to you know, yes, I am the founding uh, head of school, um, and when you have a founding head of school who's still the head of school, a lot of times. Uh, it can be perceived as a you know one-person show, and um, I got a call from Rabbi Blass, a very touching call when he heard that we started the 10-year uh, dinner anniversary, and he said, Rabbi Steckler, I'm going to tell you, you have to be the honoree at the 10th year, um, and I was very touched by that, and meant a lot to me that he said that. But um, I always say, and I want to highlight that. 
Ari Steckler is a great person. I've tried to do a lot of things, and a lot of them have failed. Um, the fact that Heichal is successful is because, yes, of the vision, and um, and I'm not taking, you know, every institution needs a leader, but the fact that we have so many people who are so invested and have given their heart and soul, and they're talented, and they're dedicated, that's the reason, you know, with God's help that Heichal has been successful. So for me, having 10 heroes uh, highlighted at this dinner, narrating the history of Heichal is much more important than you know one person and that's the very important to why Heichal is has been successful and it's the only way that this campaign will be successful the next 10 years will be successful so everybody realizes that we need everybody to play a really important role so when I, when I hear a speech like that I usually just I say Kane your book and uh, and I wish you continued uh, you know continued success and growth uh, I've only seen good things over the years. Um, I actually like what you said about failures. Um, I think that's it's actually, I'm aware of some of them. I still want you to get that post-high school yeshiva going. <laughs> okay, I, I think there's a real yeah. need for it. Uh, I, know, I know you will. Yeah. I'm just going to give you a little push on that one. Thank you. Um, I think that's just uh, just the, the community really needs it. I'm, I'm speaking that as a community publisher also. I'd yep. to, I think that we need it. We do need it. Yep. Um, and I think also the yeah. the ability for you all to expand past 220 students someday might be yeah uh, might be something that our community needs very much yeah. as our community grows and as you know i have a fourth grader all right who's a boy we're planning we're planning for I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i just have one request which is that at the 20th year of the jewish link and the 20th year of heichal mm -hmm that you know one of your giveaways at the 20th year we should rig that i should win that's uh, you oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> we, that's interesting we didn't get any we didn't get any rigging requests yeah. interesting to get that well first of all i want to tell you at the 20th i hope that our giveaways are bigger <laughs> so that's that's for sure even though i wasn't yeah. so unhappy with them this year um but uh okay we'll try to remember that in 10 years god willing, god willing. all right okay. great to have you on the podcast thanks for being here all right yeah, thank you Thanks for being with us on the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. If you would like to participate or be in touch with us in any way, please email us at editor at jewishlink.news and follow us and find our podcast wherever you find podcasts. <laughs>